This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action to create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in this tech field starts right now. week in our Women in Technology segment, I will be talking with Sharon Hildebrand. Sharon is a 30-year veteran in the technology industry, having led sales and strategy efforts for several different Microsoft Channel partners for the last two decades. With a focus on helping customers master their analytic, application development, and data estates, her current position as Vice President of Sales at CapEx Global, a Hitachi Group company, includes leading sales teams and aligning technology to business outcomes for their customers. Sharon is extremely passionate about empowering women in technology and fueling leadership opportunities for women in STEM roles. Her other responsibilities include contributing to the Chicago Women in Technology community as President Emeritus, as well as the Central Region WIT Chair member of the IMCP U.S. Community and U.S. Membership Chair Emeritus. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Can you start out by sharing with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Absolutely, and thanks for having me, Jennifer. So my career path has been pretty traditional and steady. I have been in technology for over 30 years, and it started way back in college. computer science major and uh, has evolved from me thinking and believing I was going to write the world's next greatest game-changing application to actually finding uh, my path in sales and wanting to and discovering my passions around being customer facing and helping people solve problems and work as much on the business side uh, as with as much as I do on the tech side of things so it started out as sitting in a computer lab, 2 o'clock in the morning, looking around, getting my white green bar paper and mm-hmm. going up to the printer after I send my job, and, and now I'm totally dating myself, um, but folks realizing you're coding um, in C back in the day and just seeing a series of errors and, and knowing that I love tech, um, I always had an affinity for it, but just um, it at that point in time, it was kind of a stopgap. So I switched gears, and if I fast forward through my career and, and my college career and my first few jobs, I was always drawn to the technology part of it, even if I was working in HR or something administrative. And then I was working for a microwave computer store and was working with Great Plains version, DOS version back, gosh, I don't know, 2.1 menu-driven fun, and uh, that's when I fell in love with sales. So I was doing free sales support. I was the technical arm doing the demos, and then I would go back in after the sale was closed and do the implementation and work with people on their general ledgers and their reporting. And I'd listen to these salespeople, and the good ones were 
phenomenal. And I saw them develop relationships with people. And, and even, you know, we're talking 20 plus years ago, how they could use technology to solve people's problems. And that is something that I gravitated towards. And so hung my hat up on the technology delivery deployment side and had some fantastic mentors on the sales and then actually training side. So I trained thousands of, of people in everything from WordPerfect to Windows 95. Yes, still really dating myself. <laughs> uh, Paradox, the advanced database, and that just really increased my appreciation for seeing people learn the technology and adopt it and then come back for more advanced classes because they wanted to do more. So that's really been a great, I've been fortunate to have that great foundation to build on as I've built and carried through my uh, passion for sales and what I'm doing today in leading a sales team and, and still being an individual contributor um, at Hitachi as well. That is great. I love that journey because, um, you know, everybody who gets into tech thinks that they have to be in coding or really be developing applications, but there's so many jobs in tech, um, like you mentioned sales, where you still have a tech background, you, you need that knowledge, but you then have that interaction with people on a daily basis, which makes such a big difference if, if that's what your personality and your passion is. So I love that, you know, you kind of shared with us the journey um, through starting with more of a coder type person and then moving into sales so that, you know, our listeners can kind of see that there is a path um, other than coding. So that's great. Um, did you always know that uh, working with technology was something that you had a passion for or what was that spark that really uh, kicked in and when did that happen? When did that light bulb go off? It was junior year in college and is working on a green screen tandy and Mr. <laughs> Saunders, my teacher, microcomputing, uh, just, I don't know if he made it easy or if it was something I just had an affinity and a knack for, but I fell in love with the class and when I look back and I take a look at some of the STEM flavored classes that I've had exposure to, math, a little bit of engineering, those were always very difficult for me, but for some reason, for some reason, taking a look and looking at a piece of code, understanding how to write code and then have this amazing output um, be the end result was something that just uh, inspired me to want to learn more and figure out what else I could do with it. And I, I can see that, you know, solving problems is one of your passions. And so when you do that through coding and through technology, it just gives so much gratification as part of the journey. So that's, that's really great. Um, so, you know, we know that um, the technology field is so male dominated. Um, do you feel that women have the same opportunities as men in this tech world or, you know, give us your thoughts on that? Well, I know, you know, as a friend and colleague and our experience at the WIT Network together, I have many opinions on this. <laughs> We've had some amazing conversations over the past years. And when I think about women having the same opportunities as men in the tech world, the idealistic part of me wants to say yes. Of course we do. And in theory, we should. But in reality, we don't. And I think 
because of the lack of female mentors and women in leadership positions in the technology world, it becomes difficult and often uninspiring for up-and-coming women, whether you're already in your career or you're at the college level or you're even at the elementary school level, to kind of look up the corporate ladder and look to mentors and people that you can shape your career or also kind of wrap similar goals around. And the reality, if we go back to elementary school, it's well known that as early as third and fourth grade that girls are already differentiating uh, boys' jobs and girls' jobs. And until we do a better job as a society of addressing that, uh, we will continue to see diminishing numbers of women entering into tech, which just by default, there's going to be more men filling those jobs. The fewer women there are, the more men there are going to be. And my concern is, as the stats have spelled out, it's 2019, and our numbers of women going into tech, staying in tech, and moving into leadership roles continue to diminish. Um, you know, where do you put the the where do you plug the dam um, in that spiral? And I think that there are a number of great initiatives and groups and attention rallying around this. But to go back and just simply answer your question for those few reasons, I think that on paper we have the same opportunities, but the reality is um, we don't. My biggest concern is that we will continue to have fewer opportunities going forward. I think that is so true, um, Sharon. With, and it's it's kind of sad that we're in 2019 and the numbers are declining of more women in tech. So um, as you know, and we've talked about, my passion is really to continue to build that pipeline. So uh, focus on young girls, show them technology, give them the awareness of what's available out there, and then um, and then take them through that journey and let them visualize what life would be if they were in the tech tech field. So we need to do so much more of that. I know women in technology groups all over the country are doing um, STEM-related education and coding everywhere, but we need to double and triple those numbers because, um, you know, five years from now, we don't want to see those numbers declining. So the, the pipeline, the uh, focus on girls is is so critical for us to uh, change these stats. Absolutely. And I think to add a little bit more to that, the pipeline is extremely important, but also making sure and ensuring that women that are at the um, middle management or junior VP levels stay in tech as well. There are mm -hmm. some stats, and it's 35% of women who enter technology, uh, give or take, end up leaving their jobs. And it's not always because of family. It's because they don't see a path um, to promotion. Uh, they see more of an uphill battle, pushing a rope type scenario as compared to being surrounded by like-minded um, folks and, and really getting the support that they, that they need. I believe that once a woman gets into a technology role, that it's critical that companies increase their visibility, give them the uh, right kind of visibility within the organization. And it's not necessarily have to be from a woman leader, a female leader. It could be from a, a male leader as well. Um, 
you know, it's, it's been written that women are often less satisfied with their careers because of this perception that they're unlikely to advance in their current organization. And in, I think the stat was over 50% of women in tech in middle management roles leave tech for that reason, whereas in other careers, other industries, uh, the percentage is closer to 20%. So there is definitely at the entry junior STEM, let's educate them and keep them interested focus, but also for the smaller population that's actually doing and are in roles in uh, tech leadership, companies, I believe, need to do more to increase their visibility and uh, provide them with support and their own series of mentorship programs as well. I think you're absolutely correct in, um, you know, women staying in their roles and not leaving those roles because we need to lift up each other to get more women in tech. And then I think the other thing you mentioned was so uh, spot on, which is uh, we need male counterparts to uh, lift us up as well. We need them to believe in us to take us, you know, to those next levels or even hire more women within the field. So, uh, you know, bringing on male counterparts that are champions for women in technology is also so critical. Now, um, you know, as a woman yourself in technology, and you've been in there for a long time, and you know, you talked about so many of those um, applications and platforms that I'm so familiar with. So I, I know, but I can outdate you a little bit because <laughs> I did, I did uh, punch cards, whereas at least you had green bar paper. <laughs> um, but you know, what challenges have you seen um, through your journey and? Give us some examples of how you overcame them. Sure. It's been more of a, um, you know, we hear about women in tech and the lack of confidence. And I definitely would say that uh, at times when I look in my career, look back at my career, and when I reflect on my career, the lowest times, the saddest times, the toughest times have been where when I have not had a mentor and that has, or someone to go to, trusted advisor, and that has led to lack of confidence, and then that becomes, and that starts to spiral. That can you know, start to chip away at your self-esteem, and then all of a sudden your worthiness, and just our DNA, um, you know, in general. Uh, uh, Claire Shipman and Katie Kelly wrote a book called The Confidence Code, and I think it's, and what I loved about the book is, they talk openly about how we are just, are, we are, we're made up differently. You know, our chemical balance and, and our DNA is different. The way our brains think and the way they function in fire is different. And that's okay. So to embrace that and understand that we think different, differently than a man, um, whereas if a man had an issue and um, perhaps had a question about applying for a job or working, uh, you know, with a specific customer, they might run to it, whereas a, a female might need an extra, a few extra layers of, of confidence before she feels doing that, um, comfortable doing that. So I definitely have been in those places in my career, and uh, mentorship is always a, an important um, item, but one of the biggest challenges that I feel out of all when I think of the challenges that I've overcome and how I was best able, able to overcome them in those periods of low confidence, low self-esteem, is when I started to rally a board of personal advisors. And everyone that I mentor now, I preach this to because I think it's critical and incredibly important. 
that you have a small group of trusted people. For women, it should be men and women. Um, ideally, folks that you not only trust but understand your field have some type of tie to uh, your career and insight to your uh, personal uh, psyche and, and um, being able to turn to those folks in times of need has definitely helped me address run to problems, get over problems. I've actually had people on this board tell me and encourage me to run to something and fail. We all hear about failing fast and, you know, do it and then you'll know. So, you know, activity breeds answers, mulling breeds indecision. And, you know, little pieces of advice like that where I've been able to just do something because I know even if I do it wrong or incorrectly, um, I'm still going to take away a lesson learned from that and then perhaps even share and apply that. Uh, something else that has helped a lot, and I now could say last two or three years, present day, has been doing regular reflection on um, my career and professional life. And what I talk about weekly, I actually sit down and I document and do a quick journal. It takes about half hour to 45 minutes. It's usually on the weekend, quiet moment. And I reflect on what happened the last week. And then I talk about what I want to do looking forward uh, for the week ahead. And when I think of having challenges, it, sometimes I don't even know what to write. But I'll just sit down and just start typing out something or handwrite something. And the issue, uh, the problem, um, the potential resolution, who in my network or my personal board of advisors I should turn to, it just it just comes to the surface and bubbles. So it's it's something that I have um, been doing and have been doing this activity with a few different people um, that I work closely with and I encourage others to do as well. So that has helped me um, present day and has worked very well for me the last few years overcome and get ahead of challenges and kind of in a more proactive uh, planning phase. That's great. There was great, great pieces of information there that I know we can take back and learn from. So your board of advisors, um, how many people are on your board of advisors? How did you pick them? Because I think that is so critical for gaining more confidence as well as if there is a challenge, you can talk through it. And women like to collaborate and, and talk through uh, issues so that they can work it out. So tell me a little bit about how you decided who they were, how many they are, so that our listeners can kind of think about that trusted group of people. Sure. And it's interesting. This is not the first time I've received this question. And I came across the idea of a personal board of advisors from a website called landit.com, L-A-N-D-I-T.com. I have no personal uh, relationship with this website, but it continues to be a great tool in my uh, career development and my journey. And there is actually a questionnaire, and it's a free website. There is a questionnaire where you take your profile and then you identify where you think you need help or support. And it, the people that in your network, what it does is kind of push you to identify folks in your network that perhaps have that skill set or come from a specific industry or have a specific background. Um, that was the, the first sort of inspiration for me to do this. And I have five. I'll call it five-ish. Mm -hmm. 
people um, on my personal personal board, and I first look to people that I respect, uh, that I think, you know, they always say, uh, some other great career advice that I've received is, think about, not in your current job, but when you think about your career growth and, and progression, who do you want to work for next? Describe your next boss. Who do you want that person to be? And maybe that next boss could be yourself. Mm-hmm. Or who do you want that next company to be? Always be forward thinking and put out there ahead of you uh, where you want to go. And when I think about taking that back to my personal board, who are those folks? Who are those people that have either achieved a certain uh, type of success or in a, are in a role or I could potentially work for someday? So I've made that list. And then from a appreciation, passion, you and I, again, are extremely connected on the empowering that next generation of female leader and women in technology. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a common thread. And because it's very important to me personally to bring to my career, to share with my customers, to work with organizations outside of Hitachi Solutions, that, that common thread and appreciation um, exists within the folks on my personal board as well, because I try to, I have this, I'm in love with the mantra, do good, well, do well. And um, that's something that I need someone who's going to coach and, you know, give it to me, good, bad, ugly, um, always respect that that's also a, a, a personal a personal focus um, and passion of mine. Very good. Um, I, I really think that is such valuable information that you've shared, and um, everybody, I think, should think about creating their board of advisors, their personal board of advisors that gives them that ability to get to that next level. And I love the uh, mention about reflection because um, looking at your week back to say, okay, what happened? What what did I do last week? Did I make enough of a difference? What what are some of my goals for this week? Just kind of brings you back into the present and thinking about you know where you want to go. So we, that reflection is huge and taking some time out on the weekend, just some quiet time, is so important um, for us to give that time back to ourselves. Now, even, uh, mm-hmm. go ahead. Even if it's just a half hour of over coffee, um, you know, quiet mini meditation time, I think that's vital and uh, extremely helpful. And then also having an accountability partner in this as well. So that could be a personal board of advisor person. That could be a spouse. That could be just someone that you trust. Um, I think you extend the power of what you have captured and documented when you can share it with somebody as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, as women, we have so many traits and qualities and um, expertise areas that are different from men. So where do you think that that gives you an advantage? So can you give me a sense of, you know, a woman's style in business versus a man's style and how that's an advantage to an organization? Sure. So there have been, it's not only personal opinion, but this has been documented um, with loads of research that a uh, females are known, and actually you and I have worked uh, quite often on the male panel, uh, male panels that we have delivered. And so when you think back to the conversations, uh, 
their panels titled Male Perspective, Women IT and Leadership. Uh, one of the very common themes that we have heard from the panelists has been females are more team-centric, more highly collaborative. And the more reading and research I do in my own, our ability, and I think the more we can become more comfortable with this, our ability to be more vulnerable helps with making other people more vulnerable too, mm -hmm. which actually um, brings folks together. It increases levels of trust. And that is all, I, those are all ingredients, I think, for good team leadership, um, good team building, and overall productivity. There was a book that Patrick Lissioni wrote called Getting Naked. And while it's more of a sales-flavored approach, how to, by design, go in and talk to a customer, be more vulnerable, um, forget the PowerPoint, and just sit down with the pad of paper and ask questions, make things conversational, I think that applies to women in leadership also. And actually, anyone in leadership, but women having the propensity, I think, and, and um uh, physiologically being uh, a little more demonstrative with their feelings, that that's an advantage that if we can embrace and own and not be embarrassed, uh, I think only helps other people in our organization that we work with, that we lead, and that includes men and women alike, to become more comfortable in their own skin, potentially vulnerable, but overall increases the unity, uh, trust, and I'm going to call it levels of collaboration to get things done for your company. That's great. Um, the empathy that we can show, the collaboration that we bring to the table, um, the ability to dissect and understand different situations is so important and creates so much value for an organization. Um, they do show, there are stats to show that, you know, women-led organizations are, are far more profitable than men-led um, organizations. It's just because those are the innate skill sets that they bring to the table. So that, that's really great. So what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in the tech industry? Somebody who's, you know, really like listening to us and saying, well, maybe I could do this. Um, how do they get started? Uh, what are some of the things that you would um, say to them to start their journey? Focus on your network, run to it, and build it as big and as quickly as you can. Now more than ever, women need support and encouragement to um, stay in the roles, build that, build that confidence um, to to set stretch goals, reach them, and 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 do that just as much and as often as you know the stats have proven that men do as well. Uh, I don't know specifically what the numbers are, but it's something like a female feels that she has or believes she needs to be 90 plus percent qualified before she applies for a job and that number drops down to 60 maybe even lower for a man and that goes back to our earlier conversation about the confidence perceptions mm -hmm. of women in tech and those types of roles um, so starting as early as you can even in college uh, join there's a series of organizations just get out on the internet and and you know find your first handful uh, locally, I would think, uh, where you can actually meet up, talk to people, and then start to build your personal board of advisors from that. And then make mistakes. Make mistakes. Mm -hmm. 
don't mm-hmm. try to do things perfectly. Don't um, hesitate because the interview didn't go well or the job description seems like it's a stretch or, wow, I, you know, I want to write a blog. I want to talk about my journey as a, a woman in tech, you know, graduating from college and finding my first job. But what if the world doesn't like it? We all have fear. We all have um, anxiety around this. And I would say um, run to whatever is – run to – let me back up for a second. Take a look at what is scaring you the most about pursuing that job in tech and do that first. Mm-hmm. Run to your fear. Do it as, as quickly and fast as possible. If you can find support um, in the meantime uh, to help advise and guide you, uh, then even better. But all that's going to do is build a really great muscle memory for you uh, as far as your career path and in life. And it's scary. Um, it's 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 uh, it's an anxious thing to do. It's an uncomfortable thing to do, but it can also spiral in an excellent way. Even if that first step, if that first thing you run to that you're most afraid of, having a conversation with someone, asking someone to be your mentor, um, asking to um, or going in and applying for a job or that first interview, or perhaps. Um, uh, speaking at an event if you're already in your career run to it and see what happens because you'll never know what's going to happen if you don't that's great advice run to your fear just do it um get a group of people that really trust you trust and they trust you to give you that push um so that you can get started because you know that's that's the first step in in anything we all took it and you know we've fallen along the way and got back up and keep going and it's been a great journey so just starting is so important so just in ending i wanted to ask you what three words would your friends use to describe you sharon oh boy this is such a great <laughs> jennifer question um was not surprised i'm not surprised to hear you ask this so um first word that comes to mind is kind I I try to um, it's an important word to me and um, it's just to others regardless of you know I try to wake up and go to sleep um, always bringing kindness to the conversations people I work with um, you know friendships that I have etc um, the um, other word and describing my personality it's more of an aspect of me that's very important is I live my life with a lot of um, uh, gratuity and I'm grateful so. I'm not sure how to put that in a word to describe Sharon, but I would uh, very much hope and and um, uh, would delight me to hear you know folks say yeah, Sharon's very gracious. She's a grateful person. She you know appreciative. Um, when a lot of people have uh, invested many hours, done some uh, fantastic things, gone out of their way uh, to help me throughout my career, um, actually both personally and professionally, and I'm extremely grateful for all of that, for all that help that I've received. And I, you know, would hope that uh, intelligent or smart. So I try to get better every day, try to continue to improve and and learn more, but uh, I like to think that I have can, am, and will continue to make uh, contributions to my company and uh, my networks outside my organization as well. Well, those three words definitely describe you. I've known you for a few years, and you are always kind. You're always grateful, and I think you're also very, very smart. So thank you, Sharon. It was a pleasure having you on the show. 
we'll hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Jennifer. Thank you for listening. And please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it, in person, virtual, on demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast.